Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Learner's Corner Podcast. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything. My name is Caleb Mason. And my name is Todd Hicksonball, a.k.a. the Todd Father. So you're sticking with Todd? Well, you know, my mom told me I had to keep it. <laughs> and this week, man, we have a great conversation with you today. We are talking with Raphael Sears. Tell us a little bit about Raphael. So he is an actor. He is a stage performer. He is an all-around really cool guy. He, he's also done some some voiceovers as well for yeah for McDonald's, for Burger King, for Grand Theft Auto, just to name a few. The Grand Theft Auto thing is really interesting. Wish I would have asked him about that. I'm gonna message him because I need to know. Anyways, super cool, and this is a fun conversation. You know, I love it whenever we have conversations, and it just it feels like we made new friends, and this is one of those conversations where it just felt like we made a new friend. Definitely. Now, before we get into our conversation with Raphael, which you are absolutely going to love, we have our Learner's Corner approved resource of the week. What up, 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 And Todd, do you want to know? what my resource is what it oh pl- oh please enlighten me do you think it's a book or do you think it's a podcast or is it something random um it's gonna be something random you're gonna go with like you went for a walk the other day and you saw a leaf that told your whole future or something and you're gonna tell people that they need to go for walks no not quite like that my resource is a book and it- shocker and it is uh, a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, only it doesn't say F. <laughs> and so um, this is this is a book that has, uh, obviously, it has a lot of language and stuff in it. It does? It, it does, believe it or not. Um, but, Who knew? But, but it is such, um, it is such a good book. Um, really, he, he talks about um, the author, Mark Manson. He talks about how um, we get to choose the things that we truly care about. And that um, and that it's not, you know, there's some people who say, well, I, well, I just don't care. That's not true. We really do. T- we really do get to choose the things that we care about. And whenever we choose, um, whenever we say that we don't care, we are simply deceiving ourselves. And so it goes into um, the impact and some practical ways, uh, how that affects us as well. And so highly recommend that book. Again, um, just a warning, got a lot of language in it. But if you can handle that, it's a phenomenal read. So that, Do that. is my Learner's Corner approved resource of the week. But up, 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 up. So I just gotta ask: Are you re- like, are you regretting making that noise from the very beginning that we're doing that? Or no, do you- no. Okay. No, I don't regret things like that. The only thing that I regret is becoming your friend. Oh, that was mean. I'm sorry. I don't. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I love you. Speaking of friends, we're gonna go into our conversation with our friend Raphael. Sears. Well, Raphael, we're so excited to have you on the Learner's Corner podcast today. Oh, man, thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, just as we get started, you know, I was just curious, you know, what, you know, with you being in acting and everything, what started your desire to want to begin acting? 
Um, man, you know what? I have two, it were two situations, two, uh, two things that happened to me when I was a kid. Um, I watched uh, Sunday in the Park with George, which is a musical by Sondheim, um, with Bernadette Peters and mm-hmm. Mandy Patinkin. Um, it was on Showtime. Yep. And I was, what, eight? And I saw that. And uh, I, I was like, yo, I don't know what this is, but I love it. And uh, Bernadette Peters had this song called, it was called, it was the title uh, track called Sunday in the Park with George. And she did this like tongue twister part where it was like, there are worse things staring at the water. It's posing for a picture being painted by living in the middle of the sun on an island by a river on the Sunday. And I was like, that's dope. Well, I didn't say dope at that time. So but, how much, so how many times did you practice that then after that? Well, I, I guess you could say a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Exactly. And there's yeah. no way in a million years I could ever do that. Brother, I loved that. So that was the first time. But then when I was 10, no, I was 9. It was the year after that. I went to see um, – I was tricked. My mother told me that she was taking me out to eat, uh, taking me out for dinner. And she got me this new outfit and everything. So I'm thinking we're on our way to to a restaurant. And she takes me to the Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation concert. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. So, for one, I'm already telling you my age, and uh, I don't even know why. I should have just said Janet concert. <laughs> I shouldn't have said Rhythm Nation. Hey, okay. <laughs> so, um, but um, I saw that concert, man, and I was mesmerized. Mm. I mean, by... All the theatrics, you know, um, the choreography, the costume changes, uh, the lights, um, what it was doing, what Janet was doing, you know, uh, how she was telling the stories, how she was, um, how she was communicating with the audience and how they were feeling off of each other and how they were giving her the love back. Like, it was almost like out of this world. It really was. And I remember being totally mesmerized by it. I still remember the beginning. I remember her coming from this platform that raised from out of the ground. And all you can see was her silhouette. And she just stood there. And I was like, oh, my gosh. But I knew right there. So it, was, it really was Janet Jackson who started me uh, on the path of the performing arts, man. I, I knew that I wanted to be a part of the performing arts. I didn't know exactly when I wanted to be an actor. But uh, I knew that I needed to do something that was a part of the arts, and it was from Rhythm Nation. Hmm. So what? So what happened after that? Like, what? What took you from being interested in you know mm-hmm. being influenced by Janet to you know being being an actor? Like, what? What happened in between those two things? Um, I, you know what? That's that's funny. I, I've been really thinking about that recently. I. I remember being in elementary school and um, we would do little plays. I remember <laughs> I remember we did this play. Um, Spike Lee did a movie called School Days. Um, he did this movie called School Days. Somebody at, at this after school special, uh, after school uh, program, uh, took it upon themselves to adapt it into a play. It was bad. But <laughs> I had the lead, man. I had the lead. So it wasn't was terrible because like, you had that. It wasn't, 
I had to leave, bro. There you go. So, uh, I played I played this character named Damon, man, and uh, I don't remember any of my lines, but I was the lead, so that was kind of like my first play. And then, excuse me, I um, I uh, um, I did my sixth grade when I was in sixth grade. I uh, was a part of the Big Brother Big Sister program in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and I had just got matched with a, a Big Brother, and. Um, Big Brothers and Big Sisters did a commercial with Pizza Hut, um, and they needed a little brother, and I got picked to be the little brother. It's on YouTube too, so. Uh, <laughs> oh, but Caleb, I'm like, can you link I'm to like that? I'm like eleven. The, <laughs> Caleb, can you link to that in the show notes? Find that. Yeah, we'll look for that for the show. Notes. <laughs> I'm a, I'm eleven years old, and um, and that was that's when it became real for me. I was like, uh, it feels natural. I actually get you know, get some joy out of this. And I bought a Sega Genesis with the money. <laughs> so, hey, so I was like, winning. You know, I mean, winning. I was like, well, shoot. I, all I had to do is just talk and feel. Man, I'm man, on that's it. like my thing, too. That was so that was my that was actually my first game console. Are you serious? That was my first game console. Ah, Sega Genesis. Cool. That was yeah, my first man. one. And then I went from the that Sonic. To- with Sonic the Hedgehog, and then from yep. I went from from that then to the N sixty four. Mhm. Yeah. See, see, I go, I go a little bit before you. I had a Nintendo. I remember Ooh. when it came out. Okay. Ooh. Well, I remember someone telling me about it. Okay. No, I, just <laughs> <laughs> I do remember when it came out. I wanted it for Christmas. Oh, this is we're like we're living. <laughs> For those of you listening right now, if anybody's listening to this, <laughs> which I don't know, maybe nobody's listening to it, but we're just reliving like hard memories right now yo, of, of yo. past Christmases and wanting things. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, Gosh. so you get the you get the commercial and mm-hmm. the hat. What ha- what happens next? Well, I uh, I went to I auditioned for uh, Kansas City Middle School of the Performing Arts. And I got into the school, and um, <laughs> uh, my first play, I started laughing because this is terrible. My first play was Our Town, and I played baseball player number three. I think that was it. And I, um, I was excited about being in a play, but I wasn't excited about my part. <laughs> so, uh, so the day of the performance, for one, and I also had stage fright too. It was a lot of stuff I was dealing with. I the day of opening night, I actually skipped out on the performance. What? And yes, and I went to a haunted house. It was during uh, Halloween. I was in sixth grade. I it was terrible. <laughs> and my acting teacher did not cast me for two years oh. because of it. It was terrible. I I didn't know. I was just like, I don't want that part. And then I was also scared to be on stage, you know. (laughs) But so I guess my seventh grade year, I had to reflect. I had to reflect. And then um, my third year, man, I mean, my eighth grade year, I um, I they were doing Guys and Dolls and I wanted to play Nathan Detroit. And that's when I realized um, my work ethic and. Uh, I, I, you can't tell me that I'm not going to do something. 
And I remember there was this guy who told me that uh, that I remember. Oh, you know, you always have that 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 one uh, person at the school that's like the top actor. And oh yeah, everybody loves him, and he loves himself. Um, I remember one time he told me uh, that I couldn't act. I would be happy if I was sweeping the stage floor. Oh wow. Yeah, I was like, dang, that, that was mean, that was mean for eighth grade. Yeah. Dang. Wow. Yeah. So I took that and I remember telling him, I said, watch me get that part. And so what I did, I called my acting teacher, and we stayed up on the phone until midnight. She passed away about a couple of years ago too, but she's one of the she's one of the reasons why I do what I do. Mm. Um, but she stayed up on the phone until midnight. And 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 help me learn the New York accent for Nathan Detroit, and I ended up getting the part. Wow! Yeah, man, That's it was so crazy. Awesome. So yeah. So can you talk to us a little bit about how your development as an actor and as a creative? Can you tell us a little bit about how that's impacted your life as you kind of develop now um, to where you are at now? Like just your development and how that's impacted you. My development, how is? Well, this is the thing with acting, man. You cannot be a great actor, a truthful actor, an honest actor if you rid your life from it. Like you just can't. You Talk can't to us about go that on. A little bit. Well, it's it's just acting requires that you bring you mm. to that stage first. You cannot empathize with the character um, unless you bring your own experiences into it. Um, and there were many, you know, years, uh, you know, uh, where I just thought acting was just fun and you get to play these characters, but you're, you're only playing, you're playing different sides of who you are. You might not relate to that character all the way, mm. but you're going to bring your life in there. Even if you're, you're timid, you're going to bring that on the stage, you know? Um, and I think, uh, especially being in grad school, man, I had to, I had to face my own, life as I faced and dissected these characters. I had to confront fears, um, confront fears, insecurities. Um, I had to check my, uh, my judgment, um, you know, at the door uh, in order to play humanity because that's what we are. We're actors, we, we, we basically hold a mirror up to uh, humanity, you know? And, and that's the thing, you can't be you can't just play act. You have to put your life into it. Can you and talk, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that's kind of worked for you? So you talk about bringing your life to the stage. And yeah. How, can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Well, um, I can honestly say, uh, uh, coming to grad school, um, I my goal of grad school was to be reintroduced to who I am. And the reason I say that is uh, before I came here, um, when I was in New York, I experienced a lot of, you know, um, tragedies. Uh, like I lost my mother and my grandmother and my brother was murdered. And oh, wow. um, it took a lot uh, out of me um, of forgetting who I am, forgetting what I'm called to do, uh, forgetting what I love. Um, having fun, all of that was challenged. And I came to the school very, I was used to, to 
portraying myself as if I have it together, mm. as if I had it together. And this uh, program, and uh, it, it basically, <laughs> it, bla- it I had to face my own life. I had to. I had to face my own life in order to, to, to have access to freedom, you know, uh, of being a black man in America. Um, also being an actor who happens to be black, you know, and, and being an advocate of my characters and who I am. Um, I had to do that, you know, um, and I can honestly say, you know, coming to grad school is probably the best decision I've ever made because I uh, was able to confront some things in my life through characters. I remember I did this 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 part. Um, I played this this I played the part of Judas in this play called The Last, Last uh, Days of Judas Iscariot, and it's a, a some um, it's a scene with Judas and Jesus. I was terrified of that 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 scene, terrified of it. And um, and Judas is basically talking to Jesus and he's saying, I was a part of the plan. Why are you punishing me for that? And I was like, whoa, this is not this is too much. But after um, after my 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 mother passed and all the stuff that happened, I didn't realize that I was angry at God. I didn't know that until I played that character. So that's what I'm talking about. You can never you never can escape your life in art like it's gonna follow you you can try to hide it you can try to gloss it over but at the end of the day um you're gonna find yourself your truth in whatever work you're doing and that's i I think that's a prime example was was there a specific moment to where you like where you realized that um that you had to deal with this stuff because i'm just because i'm just Mm -hmm. trying to think through you know you know, not necessarily being an actor myself, yeah, but just realizing yeah. how that happened for you. I always, I always know. It's, it's, in, it's, it's, you know, when God is leading you to something. That's one thing, because there's a lot of fear that comes out. You know, like you're like, oh, mm, oh, I don't know if I should do that. I don't know. I don't know. This is too close. And I've learned to run towards the fear. You know. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> and I can honestly say I knew that it was personal when I was doing that scene because I broke down crying. Mm. I broke down crying, and it's something that the character would do as well, but I had to personalize it. I had to personalize it in order to advocate for that character. And when that happened, um, it, 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 it basically it, um, it revealed the truth. It really revealed the truth that I was angry with God for, for losing all of my family, you know? And I, I was so used to, uh, putting a wall up and, you know, hoping my testimony is not being, uh, uh, skewed or, uh, you know, misunderstood. Um, and I didn't allow myself that freedom to be angry. So, yeah, man, I knew it. I knew it at the pit of my stomach. I knew it. Yeah. Man, so, I'm just you know? I'm resonating so much with you right now, Rafael, <laughs> yeah. because I feel like that's something that God has been teaching me probably over the last six months is mm-hmm. the of you know acknowledging your emotions and letting yeah. you know yeah. that it's okay it's okay to be pissed off right now it's okay. I'm telling you, I'm okay. telling you, it's okay to cry. 
that has probably been the biggest lesson in my life um, because it's, it's funny earlier you know people who knew me earlier in my life oh Raphael he's just fun loving he's nice he's this and I am quite partial to the Jesus who turned over some tables mm-hmm. like, you know I mean you know God has given you these these God-given emotions and there is something there is something in either church culture you know church folk I say church folk um, that says that you're supposed to say, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. No, man. There are some days where I do miss my mother. You know what I'm saying? There are days where I don't feel like trying. There are days where if I still see black men getting killed by cops, I still, I, you can't, I, I I feel that. You know what I'm saying? And um, and uh, um, I learned, I learned uh, to, to, I always say, you know, in grief, I had to learn to be where I was. I had to be where I am, you know. If today's a bad day, it's a bad day. If today's a good day, it's a good day. If I feel hopeful today, I feel hopeful. Um, if I'm angry about something, then then I'm angry. But it's one of those things, you know, that I had to realize is that God can take it. And God is giving you these emotions. I mean, daggone it. He, he stressed out blood. <laughs> sweated out blood before he went to you know Calvary so it's one of those things that I don't know where it is I don't know where that was taught um, you know uh, and it also challenges masculinity at the same time yeah. you know men don't cry men you know and I, I mean all of that was challenged and I can honestly say me being an actor because you have to tap into those emotions and I realized that I was very locked up because of those, you know, because of those, uh, uh, the things that I've learned, you know, that, that was, that was holding me into bondage, mm. you know, I don't think I would be able to tap into these characters, uh, emotionally if I didn't face my life and That's challenge the stuff that I, that I was taught. Mm-hmm. Sure. So uh, that's a really, that's really great. And that's a, that's a heavy moment. And I appreciate you just sharing yeah. that. I wanted Thank to you, shift a little bit into sure. um, kind of what you do. So, um, yeah. as an actor, can you talk to us a little bit about your preparation process? So you get so let's talk about this. So you get a so you're cast, right? You get a role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Start from there. Like, what does that look like? How do you how do you get into that mind? I'm assuming there's a mindset you have to get into. How do you, what do you do there? Oh man, it's okay. I'll tell you what works for me. Um, what I do, I try to be off book. Uh, by the first rehearsal, uh, <laughs> I try to be off book. Okay, so tell. Yeah. Okay, so how do <laughs> Also, that's how we. I mean, that's the training here too. Yeah. You know, um, well, what would I do? I, I I just spend time with that that play. I read it multiple times. I do all the research. Um, uh, on the play, uh, make sure that I, I know what the playwright's intentions are. Um, I, I, I create a, a, a character analysis on my characters. Um, one play I did, I did a 10-page one. So you can ask me any question about him, and I will tell you an answer. Like, what's his pet peeve? What kind of music he likes? I make him into a real person. 
Um, but I memorize, I memorize uh, uh, my lines, uh, whether it's having a friend uh, uh, work the lines with me, run the lines with me, or there's apps, there's apps that, that, that can assist me with that. But um, the reason why I uh, memorize my, at least the first, I, I'll say at least the first act, um, is because when I'm in the room, when, I, when, when we're on our feet and we're doing blocking, um, I would have more freedom to make choices if the script is not in my hand. Okay, you know? that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. The only reason I know it, what you're talking about right now is because I did lighting one time for a play in high school. Mm, this yeah. This is why I yeah. understand And, and, and it helps everybody sense, else then? out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah I, so, yeah. I can actually be with the other actors too, you know? Right. So you're more engaged in what's going I'm on. More you don't engaged. have to have yes. that. You don't have to have mm -hmm. that there. What's... Mm -hmm. um, what are some apps or other techniques or things that you use to, to do that? Uh, I use this app called Scene Study uh, and Scene Partner. Okay. There are two apps. And, uh, and um, it's constructed in a way where you can record your line before mm -hmm. and it, it will record your line. And you can press a button and it will continue to repeat it and then you can choose to move over move on to the next line or you can have it just play your cue line okay so uh yeah it's cool and that's also that's also um a way you you know you can work your lines if you don't have a a, a partner to work with you know right. a scene partner to work with because you know in new york you might not have that you know hey man can you can you meet with me at uh uh dunkin donuts sometimes you can't you can't do that right. so these apps are really helpful and i also like to be on my feet when i learn lines so i can um either have the script i sometimes tack up the script <laughs> or that scene on my wall as i'm washing dishes Mm. Um, and and I do that um, because it kind of gets my body ready for whatever the director is going to direct me or block me, you know. So if there's a difference in um, how the actor delivers a line to me, I would never be thrown off because my I, I've learned everything on his feet. I learned my lines on treadmills, you know. So it's kind of like I discombobulate myself. So if anything happens on stage, I will be ready for whatever happens. It would not derail me. Sure. You know, and if you're sitting at the table just reading your lines, sometimes it's hard to, um, when it's time to block, it's, it's really hard to be present because you've learned it by looking down the whole time. Mm. Yeah, it's okay. we're, we're, we're some weird people, man. That, no, that, no, I like it though. So, can you tell us? Can you, can you can you talk to us a little bit more about? So, w when you're working on, you talked about a character analysis. Are there other mm -hmm. ways that are, are there other things that you do to kind of get into the mind of a character? I mean, I think everybody's they have yeah. heard of some of these ways that actors do that. But kind of, can you talk to us a little bit more in depth yeah. about that? Well, for one, I. I mm, I research too much sometimes, especially if it's something I really love, like period pieces. Oh, don't put me. If you put me in a period piece, I'm going in on the history. I'm going in on everything. Like I'm, I did the play Grapes of Wrath. Mm. Uh, what was it, two years ago? And this takes place during the the 1930s, during the yep. you know the, the the crash. And um, I played Jim Casey. Well, my research, I did so much research that, um, I mean, I can tell you anything about him and his family. Uh, I even uh, bought these letters 
from off of eBay from a family to another family. They were writing to a cousin or something and was talking about the Dust Bowl and how the Dust Bowl ruined their crops. And it's actually it's artifacts from the 1930s. So wow. um, I, uh, I researched the, the, the newspapers around that time. And also I was playing a character that was meant for, I am pretty sure that it was meant for a white actor to play. But I was the only black person who was going around with the, the Joes in the <laughs> 1930s um, from Tulsa, I'm from Oklahoma all the way to California. So my research was even more, you know, so I, I researched lynchings in that area um, because because you can't you can't exclude the fact that I'm a black man playing this part with an all white family. So I remember there was one time where um, I was directed to go into a convenience store with the family. And I was like, I don't think I can do that. And I had to tell the director, I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I can do that, you know. And, and it's based off of me inserting the fact that I'm a black man in the 30s, you know. And, and also this was about 10 years after the Tulsa race riots. Um, so I had to put all this. I, I'm a history. I love history. I mean, I have a 110-year-old record player. That's how it is. What? Um, what? Yeah, man. Yeah, you wind it up and everything. For real? Where <laughs> I did love you get, history, Where did man. you get that from? I got it in New York at a like a flea market, man. I, I was broke as a joke. And I was like, yo, can I please put payments on this bad boy? I was like working at, at a restaurant. I was oh. like, yo, I need this. Yeah, it's really cool. Her name is Sephronia. <laughs> oh, I love that you named it. Okay, yo. I see you. Yes, yes. So, so I go in on history. So talk, talk to us about the benefit that all that research pays off because – you know, mm-hmm. I know that, you know, it's just the natural human tendency, I think, is probably, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to do any research like I'm right. just going to I'm just going to bring me to it. And that's enough. But talk to us about how the history and re- doing that research has helped you. Well, it makes my character three dimensional. You know, you can always tell if the actor didn't do his work. You can always tell everything is general on stage. I want specificity. I have to have specificity. Um, I have to be able to advocate for my character. And so if you want to advocate for your character, you have to rid yourself of judgment of that character. Um, you have to be able to feel how that character feels by inserting your life into it. But you can always tell, brother, you can always tell when someone hasn't done their homework. And I can always tell when I don't, because then I'm like, well, what scene am I in? What place is this? You know, um, and it's things like that. So, if if you if you do your if you do your homework, if you do your research, you have that freedom on stage. Okay. So, Raphael, the, the one of the really cool things about you is that you're not only an actor, but you can <laughs> sing, you can write, and you're creative. Oh gosh. So, so tell us, you know that that's a lot of different skills. Like, man, I'm what, trying, what, brother. What have you done? to foster and develop like some of these different skills well man i think i think it's owning it i think that has been the biggest lesson you know you might have these hobbies you might consider them hobbies but when you start realizing their gifts um i've been learning to own it um and not only that if i realize that there is a gift i start training on it i start working on it so uh I've always wanted to write my own stories, 
and I always loved to write. And so I started taking playwriting classes um, just to perfect it, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I started writing. Uh, I don't know why my first play is a play about my life. Oh, my gosh. It's been it's been the longest, longest, longest process um, because it's, it's just like acting. You know, um, you're going to have to face your own stuff um, um, when it comes to writing about your own life. And I wasn't ready. I was like, oh, oh wait a minute. But, um, yeah, I whatever I realize is my gift, I, I, I work on it. I work on it. That's why I went to a, a performing arts middle school, and then I went to a performing arts high school where we actually had majors. Um, and I majored in theater and minored in visual arts. <laughs> so, wow. And I, I just try to use I, – I, I try to use my gifts as, as much as possible. You know, I need to be using my music a little bit more. But I went to undergrad for that, uh-huh. um, and and in order to uh, to use that gift, I um, I was uh, I I I'm, I'm my one of my biggest goals, one of my dreams, is to um, is to uh, uh, write a play about Sam Cooke where I can act and I can sing at the same time. So. Oh my. Yeah, man. Oh my. I'm just, I'm just. You're getting older, man. You're getting older <laughs> now. I don't, I don't want my gifts to like dry up somewhere or a guy say, you know what, you ain't using it. Let me just let somebody else use that. <laughs> so that's why I'm like starting to be a little bit selfish with my gifts and say, you know what, I'm gonna own it first. Okay, okay, I have a talent to do this. Let's see what I can do with that. What are, so, what are yeah. some, what are some ways that you, you, you're drilling down on, on stuff like that? How do you recognize that you have that? Is it just you stumble upon it? How do you do that? I stumble upon it. Um, it can be like that. It can be when when other people see path and validating it first. You might not be able to see it. I can sing. I don't know. But you also know how you feel too. You know, I I remember I stepped away from acting. I stepped away from it for some years man some some years um and i remember seeing a movie uh called lackawanna blues and i remember how it made me feel i remember saying oh my gosh i remember this i remember how this used to feel um i remember feeling like a kid in a candy store watching the movie Mm. um and um that's how i started back acting but it, it really is. It's, it's, it's when it aligns with your truth. You, you, it haunts you. That's what it does. It haunts you. When you're passionate about something, when you're called to do something, it haunts you until you start acting on it. Wow. So I want to ask, you You have all this. I mean, you said it. You're going to graduate school. You're oh in plays. And everything. Yeah. Do you have any like tips for how you get it all done? Uh, say that again. I'm sorry, brother. Yeah. So with all this stuff that you've got Mm -hmm. going on between the play and getting Mm -hmm. getting ready to graduate from graduate school and everything, do you have any tips? Like, how do you get it all done? Oh my gosh, I've been asking myself the same thing. I think how I get it done is doing things one at a time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and also, no, you know what? I'll take that back. I think the way I do this uh, the, the, to successfully do this is when I advocate for myself and I uh, 
and I practice self-care. Um, because you can lose yourself. You can lose yourself in the busyness of, of things getting done, you know? And that's what I had to do. I had to say, oh, you know what? You need to rest. Or, you know what? You need to go see a play, you know? So sometimes you need to be reminded of why you love to do what you love to do. And um, that was that's that was my tip. I think my tip is to be kind to yourself in those processes, you know, in the waiting period. Because right now I'm about to graduate. I'm auditioning a lot and I'm waiting for work, you know, um, got a couple of callbacks. I got, you know, some agents, you know, who are interested in me after I, I just did a showcase on Monday in Chicago. Um you know, and that's the thing is, is really trusting God and, and being kind to yourself in the process and advocating for you like you advocate for your character. You advocate for yourself when yourself says, you know what, I'm tired or, you know, I'm a little discouraged right now. You you work on that first so you can be able to um, to 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 deal with the success and to deal with the the. The pruning process. I call it the pruning process. Whenever I go into another chapter of my life, I go through a pruning process mm. in the mist. And that's where I'm at right now. Right now. So I, I said that's the best time to be kind to yourself. So so talk more about that pruning process <sighs> and kind of the benefit of it. It ain't fun. Let me just <laughs> tell you that. It ain't fun. It's really growing pains because you go, I go through it every time and I'm always thrown off by it. I'm like, oh God, all right, all right, God, I'm in a pruning process, okay, cool. I mean, it's like things that you have accumulated. I say you accumulated in each chapter of your life. Maybe it's stuff from your teenage life, you know, your teenage years or your 20s or whatever. And you go through this process, it's like you're, you're doing, you're going through inventory where you're like, okay, yeah. I don't need that in my life anymore. Okay, I want that in my life. Actually, that person, your stop is here. Um, actually, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a reach back and get that person who, who was in my life 10 years ago, and I need them on this journey. Um, so, I mean, that's the thing. God got to cut, cut some branches in order for new growth, you know, and, um, and it's, it happens every Every time I'm ending a chapter and about to start a new one, it's not fun, but I, I understand the benefits for it from it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's not fun, man. <laughs> uh, well, Raphael, just as we're, we're getting ready to wrap up, we have, yeah. we have a couple questions that we always love to ask sure. people. And the okay. first one is, what's one thing that you started doing recently that is helping you a lot, either personally or professionally right now? Being a fan of myself first, I think that is it. We just did a showcase um, Monday where we, uh, our class goes up there and we perform scenes in front of casting directors and agents. And I said, I remember right before I went on stage, I said, um, I did the work. I did the work. I've been in this program for three years. I'm going to have fun. And I'm going to choose to share this with everyone. But my destiny does not uh, is not in their hands. I think that's been the thing. I think that's also different from where I was when I was in my 20s, where I was like, pick me, please, please pick me. I mean, I do want to work. But, you know, uh, I, I've, I've learned to be a fan of myself first, where I, I don't I don't rely on people. You know what? Maya Angelou said this to Dave Chappelle, and I'm paraphrasing it. 
it was right when he left his show. She said, don't pick, she said, don't pick it up. Don't put, put it down. She said, there's going to be a time where people say, you're great. You're awesome. You, oh, you're the best. You're this. We're going to book you for this. And, and she said, there's going to be a time where there's silence or there's going to be a time when they're going to be like, you're terrible. You'll never work in this town again. She said, don't pick it up. Don't put it down. And what she's saying there is that if you're secure in your truth, it will be unwavering whether they say we love you or we can't stand you. And so that's what I'm learning right now, man. And I've never been like, I've always been a people pleaser. I always wanted the validation. Um, And I I can honestly say when you start walking in your truth, um, there's nothing, what what God has for you is for you, you know? Okay, so Raphael, you've talked about this a little bit, about one of the things that you're learning right now is to be a fan of yourself. Is there anything else that's, really standing out to you that you're learning about right now um that i think the thing that i'm learning is that i'm enough you know that i'm the best Raphael for the job you know i can't be anybody else um and what god has for me is for me mm-hmm. i'm the best Raphael for this role you know or for this position um yeah i think that's is really Everything is kind of going back to self-care and taking care of myself first and walking in the truth that God has called me to be, you know, called me into um, and being the man that God has called me to be. I think that has been the biggest lesson, man. I've learned, you know, I've had years of putting myself to the side and being everyone's cheerleader. And um, it's like God had to isolate me in the, the, the cornfields. In order for me to face my own self and be a fan of my own self, you know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. Yeah. If if, if yeah, if we were talking, if we if we had this interview year one, this, it, we will be. <laughs> y'all might want to uh, delete it because, <laughs> uh, you know, I I didn't I I didn't I didn't know anything about myself. I thought I knew, but this third year, man, you know, of living life and realizing how short life is too, you know. Um, if you don't love yourself first, man, you know, yeah. how's anybody else going to love you, you know, yeah, sure. or be a fan of you or, or whatever, or believe in you if you don't believe in yourself first. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, well Raphael, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. If people want to, you know, learn from you or connect with you or find out more of your work, where's the best way for them to do that? Oh man, check this out. I got a I got a website. <laughs> I have a website. Uh it is um, my name is rraphaelsears.com. It's r a f f e a l sears like the store.com. And that will have all my social media information on there and the news and if you want to sign up on my mailing list, all of that stuff is on there. Trying to be better with updating that bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Oh, man, thanks for having me, man. This was really cool. Okay. Todd, what'd you learn from Raphael? Creativity comes in all shapes and sizes, and it also comes in all different forms. Um, I think for a lot of people... They, they think of creativity as being like a graphic arts designer or somebody who goes in their bedroom and pricks their finger and like paints with their own blood or, you know, some, some creative thing like that. But, you know, when, we're t- when I was talking with him, what I, what I got was, wow, um, 
really creativity is much more about perseverance in your process than it is about anything else. It doesn't, the, the medium does not matter. It is, it is your process, it is your perseverance, and it is the sacrifice that you have to make in order to be, to, to do the work to be creative. That's so true. I think for, for me, one of the things that really stood out was, um, was, in, was really integrity. And he, mm. he talked about how, um, how his offstage life affected his onstage life and vice versa. And I think there's so many times where we want to separate the two. Um, but really, if we if we want to continue to grow, and um, yeah, if we want to continue to grow, then we shouldn't try to separate them. We should integrate them. And so that was really one of the things that stood out to me. Now, if you enjoyed this conversation, the best way to make sure that you don't miss our next episode, and on our next episode, we are actually going to talk with Bradley Stats. And Bradley uh, really analyzed um, how you can become a better learner. And so next week, we're going to talk with him about that, how you can maximize your learning um, for literally anything that you want to learn about. And so the best way to make sure you don't miss that episode is how, Todd? You can subscribe. Caleb and I talk about this all the time. But the only podcasts we really listen to are the ones that we're subscribed to. So go subscribe to the Learner's Corner because why not? Also, leave us a rating and write a review of the podcast. And as I mentioned last week, if we hit 100, oh, Lord. if we hit 100 ratings, what am I going to do, Todd? You are going to read a review in a voice that I will probably have to teach you how to do. And so, if you want to get some enjoyment out of that that's gonna be hilarious leave a rating and write. can your family be present because i just want to watch them as you do that and so also if the best way to make sure you don't miss me talking in whatever voice i'm gonna talk in is to leave a rating and write a review i was gonna say subscribe to the podcast i already said subscribe to the podcast yeah but definitely make sure that you don't miss it really really subscribe because you don't want to miss that and so Don't miss our conversation next week with Bradley. Leave a rating and write a review. Thank you so much for listening to The Learner's Corner. My name is Caleb Mason. My name is not. It is Todd Hicksonball. Keep learning and keep growing. Deuces, y'all.